Welcome uh, to the show, everybody. I hope you had a, a better weekend than I did. I guess I, I spoke too soon on Friday because I, I said I'd been sick the day before, but then I was better. Well, shortly after shooting the show, I was um, in the hospital hooked up to an IV mask, you know, the whole nine yards. I had the flu, it turns out. Turns out I had the flu all the time. So, um, so I finally got to see what the buzz is about, the, the flu buzz, uh, what, what all the flu hype is about. And I can report that it pretty much sucks as much as everybody says it does. Um, I thought maybe I could, the, the one good thing about having the flu, I thought, is I could come up with a contrarian take like I like to do. And maybe I could come and report that actually the flu is good, but I can't. Um, it's it's not good. I, I just I have to agree with the with the general consensus uh, that it's it's not very good at all. And we have four kids at home, so I had to quarantine myself in our room upstairs uh, for three days with the help of my my wife, uh, who you know I I was I was like uh, basically like the hunchback living in the bell tower, and my wife would come up, push a plate of gruel under the under the door a couple times a day, then run away. If I tried to come downstairs, she'd turn the, the hose on me. Get away, unclean. Um, and that's pretty much what it was like. And But now I'm, I'm relatively okay and, and ready to get down to business. So, all right, um, a number of interesting things came up over the last few days. Maybe they just seemed interesting to me because I was in a feverish haze, I don't know. But let's start with uh, famed biologist, and atheist Richard Dawkins on Sunday sent out some tweets about eugenics. Now, what he said, um, what he actually said is, is not so much the interesting part as the reaction to what he said. Uh, so let's start with that. He, this, this is what he wrote. He said, it's one thing to deplore eugenics on ideological, political, or moral grounds. It's quite another to conclude that it wouldn't work in practice. Of course it would. It works for cows, horses, pigs, dogs, and roses. Why on earth wouldn't it work for humans? Facts ignore ideology. Uh, for those determined to miss the point, I deplore the idea of a eugenic policy. I simply said deploring it doesn't mean it wouldn't work. Just as we breed cows to yield more milk, we could breed humans to run faster or jump higher. But heaven forbid that we should do it. Now, I'm not exactly sure what prompted this or, or, or why it, you know, it's necessary to make the point that, hey, eugenics is bad, but it would totally work if we did it. Hint, hint. It's bad. We shouldn't. But if we did, it'd be great. But we shouldn't. Um, not sure the point in that. But nonetheless, Dawkins says eugenics would work in practice, even if there are some moral, some ethical and moral complications with it. What fascinated me is that um, Dawkins was roundly mocked and condemned for what he said here across the board, from what I could tell. Liberal, conservative, religious, non-religious, everybody, everybody uh, said was, was, was against it. I, I even, I read a post just, just uh, before the show started in an atheist blog, and they were confusing, they were uh, rather criticizing it as well. And this, to me, just shows how confused we are uh, as a people, as a culture. Most people don't have a coherent worldview or philosophy. It's like we're all just making it up as we go along and often deciding our, our views, our principles based on the mood of the social media mob. Whoever's getting ratioed on Twitter, we all just take the opposite view of whatever that guy said, even if we agree with it. Here's the point with eugenics. Yes, I believe that the practice is barbaric and in a very literal sense, dehumanizing. So I'm against it. 
And if you're a pro-life conservative, you're probably against it, consistently so. But if you're on the left, then you probably already support eugenics. It's happening right now, and it's, it's, it's not only do you support it, but it's a big part of your worldview, of your philosophy. As I said, right now in our society, it's happening. And if you're on the left, then you support it. So you have no issue to, you have no reason to take issue with anything that Dawkins said. Planned Parenthood was, first of all, founded by one of the most vocal eugenic advocates of the 20th century, Margaret Sanger. And if you think that all of the eugenic stuff died with her back 50 years ago, you're wrong. In fact, it's, it's almost the opposite. Um, arguably, it didn't even start until she was dead. She was gone. It wasn't until five or six years after she died that Planned Parenthood even started killing babies, started performing abortions. Margaret Sanger was actually relatively opposed to abortion, in many cases anyway. So when you read the horrible things she said, and she said a lot of horrible stuff, but remember that she was more ethical, more moral than the people who run Planned Parenthood today. Uh, even though she was a eugenicist and, and, and a very morally deranged person in many ways, she would probably be horrified by what, Planned Parenthood, by what her or, own organization is doing now. Which tells you a lot about her organization. Um, and what does Planned Parenthood do? Well, it eradicates the babies of predominantly poor mothers, often racial minority mothers. And it does so expressly, explicitly on the basis that these children are unwanted and would be a drain on society. That is one of the primary arguments advanced for abortion. And that is a eugenic argument. That is a eugenicist argument. They're unwanted, strains on society, so we got to get rid of them. Here's an even clearer example. Down syndrome. In Europe, over 90% of Down syndrome babies are aborted. 90%. In some European countries, that number is basically 100%. They've all but eradicated, quote unquote, the condition in many European countries by killing everybody with it. Um, that's eugenics. What about this country? Here it's about 70 to 75% of Down syndrome babies that are killed. Again, that's eugenics. So if you've got a problem with eugenics, you should have a problem with this. If you don't have a problem with this, then at least admit that you're a supporter of eugenics. You see, we'll, we'll never, this is why I'm, I'm always going on about intellectual consistency and honesty, because we're never going to be able to communicate with each other or understand each other or get anywhere in any of our arguments about things if we're not beginning from a place of honesty and intellectual consistency. We have to be honest about what we believe and what we want and what we value and prioritize because there's so much bad faith arguing, so much confusion, so much internal inconsistency where you have, just as one example, people who defend Planned Parenthood's eugenicist agenda and yet at the same time attack a guy who says that eugenics works, who's on their side because they're not being honest with themselves about what they believe. Because I guess when you're a little bit too honest about it and you admit to yourself that, yeah, you know, I, here's what I think, that one of the ways to solve the poverty problem is just to kill poor babies. When you say that to yourself, when you admit it out loud, when you put it like that, it sounds horrible and, and even you recoil from it. But that should tell you something. 
When you take your own views out of your head and you strip them of all the euphemism and you just look at them for what they are, or when you hear somebody else repeat them back to you in a way that is not as um, sanitary, and you're horrified by it. Well, that, that should tell you something about your worldview. Um, and until people are willing to do that and face their own worldviews, we're going to have, again, nothing but confusion. Here's something that's not confusing, though. Tacovas. Tacovas cowboy boots are handmade with high-quality, full-grain leather by world-class bootmakers. Um, I can tell you I'm, I'm, I'm wearing them right now. I've pretty much worn them. Not, I wear them to bed almost. Ever since uh, the guys at Tacovas sent me a pair of, uh, of, of the boots, um, they're built to be comfortable right out of the box for every occasion, whether you're at home, in the office, you're, you're you know, out on the town, whatever you're doing. Um, going to a rodeo, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you, you, you need these uh, cowboy boots. With tons of timeless styles, Tacovas are designed to be as fashionable 50 years from now as they are today. That's the thing with, uh, that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people, myself included, it's just with, with fashion and trends, it's not worth keeping up with them because it, you, know, you, you go out, people that try to keep up with trends, you spend all this money getting the trendiest shoe or whatever, five minutes later, it's not trendy anymore. Well, if you're getting something like Tacovas, they're timeless, they're classy, uh, they're beautifully made, and that's gonna be the case now, 50 years ago, 50 years from now, doesn't matter. Tacovas cuts out the, the middleman sells direct to you at an honest price that's truly amazing, for the level of quality that they provide. Plus, uh, shipping returns and exchanges are free and easy. In addition to cowboy boots, Tacovas makes leather duffels, men's jeans, belts, billfolds, card cases. Um, everything you get from Tacovas comes with the, uh, the same calculated approach and quality standards that hold true to everything they do. And it just feels great wearing these shoes, walking down the street. It just, it just makes you feel confident. And you know what else? It makes you feel like a man, if I could just say that. So do what I did. Get yourself a pair of Tacovas cowboy boots today at tacovas.com slash Walsh. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Walsh. Tacovas.com slash Walsh. So Mike Bloomberg just got himself uh, qualified for the next Democratic debate as he surges in the polls. Latest national poll has him at, uh, that I saw was at 19%, which is pretty astounding. One thing I've learned over the last few years is that I really have no clue what's going on. Well, I learn that every day in life, basically, but especially the last few years as it pertains to politics, um, I, I just have no idea. I didn't see Bloomberg, the billionaire stop and frisk guy, finding any traction at all. I remember when he jumped into the race back in November and I was joking about how this is someone who seems tailor-made, speaking of being tailor-made, he's tailor-made to uh, not appeal to anybody. Like, he doesn't check anybody's boxes, you would think. White, old, male, billionaire, uh, stop. he's got the stop and frisk thing going on, Pro, pro-abortion, liberal, nanny state. So who, you would think, who is he a- appealing to? Yeah, the liberals might, might like the pro-abortion part and some of the nanny state stuff, but, he's, but you know, they're not going to be crazy about white, old, billionaire, male. Then you got the stop and frisk. I mean, and then on the other hand, yeah, conservatives... Uh, successful businessmen, they might like that, but then all the ideological stuff, nanny state, pro-abortion. So you would think, doesn't appeal to anybody, but um, yet in the polls anyway, here we are. Now, in fairness, 
he hasn't actually won a Democratic primary state yet, and, and maybe he never will. Um, I mean, if he, it, it would be kind of depressing in many ways if he were to actually start gaining real support in primaries and let's say win the nomination, because then you have to think, is it really that easy to get people to support you? You put, you put a bunch of ads out, is it really that easy? People, because they see you on TV, they're going to think, actually, yeah, maybe that guy would be a good president. Is it as easy as that? I don't know. I'm still skeptical of Bloomberg's chances, um, though, again, what do I know? Nothing at all. But if he does become the nominee, I also think that uh, he would present an interesting challenge for Trump because Bloomberg, you know, with Bloomberg, you have a much more successful businessman, let's face it, than Donald Trump. This is, Bloomberg is worth, what, 60-some million, billion, billion dollars with, a, with a, 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 a company that he basically did build on his own. Um, and so, you know, he can, do the, he, he can do the successful businessman, deal-maker deal thing that Trump does. Arguably, he can play on that turf even more credibly than Trump can. So what's the line of attack? Yeah, Trump calls him short. I don't know if just calling him short is going to be enough with this guy. Uh, you could bring up all of the politically incorrect stuff that Bloomberg has said, but then, of course, I mean, this is Donald Trump we're talking about. That'd be a little bit off-brand for Donald Trump to try to win an election by pointing out the offensive things the other guy said. So um, I'm not exactly sure what the line of attack is. But here's the one thing that, that you put everything else aside, put all the traditional thoughts aside. Seems to me this is the, this is the one thing that would, that, that, that would prevent Bloomberg from maybe becoming president in the year 2020. And that is that even if he can generate support, depressingly so, with his money, just by buying a bunch of ads, because a lot of people are just sheep and they, they see the ads on TV and they say, oh yeah, okay, I'll vote for him. I saw, hey, I saw him on TV. He must be good. But um, I don't think that just by buying ads, you can generate a cult of personality around you. And I'm wondering if we have entered a point in American history where you just can't win the presidency without a cult of personality, without a savior cult following you around and worshiping you. Um, the last three elections you know, have been decided that way. Obama, then Obama again, Trump, you know, they all had cults of personality, still do. Bernie Sanders right now leading the pack among Democrats. He's got a cult of personality. If Bernie Sanders is the nominee, that's going to, I think, pretty much seal it. And we're going to know that's, that's the reality of the world we're living in right now, politically. Where if you want to have a chance to win the presidency, you have to have a cult. You have to have a, it's, it's, it's all going to come down to personality cults. And that's a very dangerous trend. Um, it, not unprecedented, certainly, in, in the history of the world. Obviously, it's not the first time that we've had people finding political success based on cults of personality. But it's also not, uh, it hasn't always been this, this way. You know, George Bush, I don't think, really had a cult of personality. I'm not even sure that, I wouldn't even say that, that Bill Clinton did. Um, but are we, are we entering a, a point in American history where that's the case? I hope not. I really do. There's a lot of there's a lot of great reasons not to vote for Bloomberg, and there's a lot of there, there are a lot of good reasons for him reasons for him to lose. But I hope that's not the reason he loses, or that anyone loses. I hope that's not what decides the election.
Um, okay. Let's talk about this. As much as I prefer not to, a uh, report by Paul Bois in the Daily Wire says, disturbing video has reemerged featuring the famous 12-year-old drag queen Desmond Napole, Napoles, I think is how you pronounce his last name, aka Desmond is Amazing, pretending to snort ketamine. Another vic- uh, video featured him being interviewed by convicted killer Michael Allig. According to Blair White of the Post Millennial, the clips featured Desmond Featuring Desmond were posted to YouTube in July 2018 and December 2017, though various media outlets, including Red State and National Review, reported on the videos in 2018. The recent report from transgender Blair White has further amplified the public's attention towards them. Blair's recent video on the subject has since garnered over half a million views. In the first video, Desmond is shown talking to the camera alongside drag queen Bella Noche, while appearing to answer internet user comments during a live stream. At one point later on, Desmond mimics a snort when Bella Noche mentions the drug ketamine. Uh, let me go ahead and just play this, this video. This is from, as I said, a live stream, and it looks like some stuff spliced together, but just watch this, see how this kid is acting, and uh, you, know, you tell me, does it seem like this kid is on drugs or not? Watch this. Anyone can do drag. Everyone can do drag. Everyone can Your mom can do drag. One, four, eight, eight. Oh, sorry. It was just an off track, okay? One, four, eight, It was only $400 off. There's no genders. You can be male, female, any, or none. Only U.S. people can have a bunch of made-up genders. That's not true at all. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Hitler was right. What? See, Bella Noche, right. putting the P in LGBTP plus. You should eat some food, little nibba. But I'm getting, I'm getting hate comments. Does this mean I'm famous now? Is this what he wants? Lots of respect for you guys. Thank you. Press G to gas. G, 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 G. One, two, three, four, G. What has this world come to? It's come to a world where drag kids actually exist. And people do ketamine on a couch. How old is your BF? Hello? Hitler was right. Helicopter rides. Yay! Now, keep in mind, again, that video is from when this kid was about nine years old. So that's a a nine-year-old you're seeing there? How does a nine, just to start with, how does a nine-year-old know what ketamine is? Much less how to imitate snorting it. My kids, my twins, uh, oldest kids, are almost seven years old. So they're not that much younger than, than, what, than what Desmond is in that video. And, um, I mean, it's unfathomable. I mean, it's unfathomable to have to think of my kids acting that way. Um, well, how does he know about ketamine? How does he know about snorting it? Well, I mean, look at him. Look at how he's acting. It's, it's no mystery. The kid is very clearly on drugs. And this is something that it's not just that the left is tolerating this it's that they're they're celebrating it the the continued abuse and exploitation of this kid it's not just merely oh we'll put up with it is that they are standing and literally applauding it i mean literally in person going and, and applauding it we'll talk more about that in just a second um but before we do Quick word from Policy Genius. You know, the, the year 2020 shows up a lot in science fiction. A lot of people predicted that by now we'd be teleporting to work or living on Mars or, 
you know, a lot of different predictions. Many of them were wrong, although we do have jetpacks now, at least. I just saw a video of a guy flying around in a jetpack in Dubai. So we've got that at least, but uh, not much else in terms of what, what it was predicted. The truth is, we're always going to get the future wrong, which is why we need to get life insurance right. That's where Policy Genius can help. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. You could save $1,500 or more a year by uh, using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork, all the red tape. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy, they can also help you find the right home and auto insurance, disability insurance. So, if your science fiction dreams for 2020 still have not become a science fact, don't get discouraged. Get life insurance. It takes just a few minutes to find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. Policy Genius will always get the future wrong. Better to get life insurance right. Okay, back to the um, Daily Wire report on the drugged and abused drag kid Desmond. Uh, a little bit more from the Daily Wire. It says, the second video, which occurred when Desmond was just 10 years old, featured him being interviewed by Michael Alig, A-L-I-G, who was uh, convicted of first-degree manslaughter in 1997 for the killing of uh, Angel Mar Melendez. Um, the New York Times provided more details of the case. I'll read a few of these details just so you understand who this guy is that this, this kid is hanging around with. It says, in his statement to the police, Robert Briggs said that Mr. Alig and Mr. Melendez had been fighting and that he had intervened to save Mr. Mr. Alig, hitting Mr. Melendez over the head with a hammer and knocking him unconscious. He said that Mr. Alig then throttled Mr. Melendez and poured a detergent into his mouth before wrapping it with duct tape. The two men then dumped Mr. Melendez's body in their bathtub about five to seven days later. Uh, okay, all right, well, we get the point there. Beat him with a hammer. Bleach in the mouth. Okay. Just to summarize, this young boy's despicable, awful monstrosity of a mother started dressing him in drag at around the age of two. Next thing you know, he was, quote, performing in drag shows, dancing at gay nightclubs, gay men throwing dollar bills at him, hanging out with convicted murderers, and by the looks of it, doing drugs. This all before the age of 12. And what is the response from society to this, from the media, from the left, from the government? Is this mother being carted off to jail in shackles, locked in a cage where she belongs? No, instead she gets, as I said, applause, adulation, standing ovation, money. Just as one example of that, let me play this for you. This is a news report by ABC, the ABC affiliate in New York. Keep in mind the clip I just played before, of this obviously drugged child pretending to snort ketamine with an adult cross-dresser on a couch. So keep that in mind as you watch this cheerful little puff piece about uh, the drag kid, Desmond. Watch. Hi, I'm Desmond's Amazing. Only 10, but already an activist, advocate, model, and fashion icon. Desmond Napolis has come a long way since his first Pride March in 2015. Overnight, I was like, everywhere. And Desmond is still everywhere. He has 65,000 Instagram followers. He's appeared on talk shows and alongside his idol, RuPaul. I saw these queens and they were so amazing that I decided that I would take my mom's clothes, shoes, towels, wrap them around myself to make pretend. Desmond's mom, Wendy, knew he was different from other kids at an early age. 
she took him to a therapist who offered this advice. Don't encourage it, don't discourage it, just let him develop naturally. I just do my thing. Desmond remains extraordinarily confident in who he is. He does speaking engagements. He has started his own foundation. This will be his fourth Pride March, where he hopes to spread a message of acceptance. His mom is doing the same. For parents out there who might have a child like Desmond, if you can just let go of that and just love your child unconditionally, as you should, uh, no matter what, that there really isn't a problem. If you want to really understand how crazy this whole thing is, if that's not immediately obvious to you, and how crazy the acceptance of it is, consider how everybody would, would, would react, how everyone would universally react if everything about this kid's story was exactly the same, except that he was a girl, okay? Let's say that he's a girl dressing up the exact same way, performing at nightclubs, dollars thrown at him, or at her in this case, hanging out on, on, on couches with adults, joking about doing drugs at the age of nine, all of it. Imagine that this, rather than a young boy in drag, was a young girl into you know burlesque which is roughly the equivalent. In that case, everyone would agree. It's wildly inappropriate, abusive, wrong, sick, exploitative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But because he's a boy, it's okay. And, and, and why? Well, because the LGBT lobby says it's okay. And as I've explained a million times on the left, whatever the LGBT lobby says goes. You know, if they say jump, the left says how high. And that's the only reason. That's the only reason this is accepted. In fact, I, I hear this argument. It's not even an argument. It's just a deflection. But it's the closest thing to an argument I've ever heard in defense of the drag kid phenomenon. And the argument is along the lines of, well, what about, uh, what about beauty pageants for young, for young girls? I don't hear you complaining about that. Nobody complains about that. What are you talking about? People complain about that all the time, including probably you if you're on the left. That, that's it's, you know, pretty much almost universally reviled, this, 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 this uh, thing of, of, of putting young girls in beauty pageants. Now, it still happens. People do it. But unless you're on that circuit and you're one of those crazy mothers forcing your, your daughter into these things, almost everybody else thinks it, at a minimum, thinks it's weird. That's exactly my point. That, yeah, a, a, a similar, though not nearly as bad thing does happen with girls. Um, and the reason it's not nearly as bad is because, I, you know, I've never been to a, to a, a beauty pageant. Um, so... Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but as far as I know, okay, young girls at beauty pageants aren't walking across a stage where you've got adults hooting and hollering and throwing dollar bills at them. And these beauty pageants are not being held at nightclubs at 11 p.m. on a Saturday or whatever, right? That's what's happening with this kid. There is a, there's a, there's a, a blatant sexualization that's happening with this, with this young boy that isn't nearly as blatant as it is with the beauty pageants with, with girls. And yet, and, that's, and we're not even factoring in all the drugs and everything else, okay? Um, and yet, most people would agree that this much tamer version of the same sort of thing 
with girls is wrong and we shouldn't be doing it. There's no reason why you need to take a six-year-old girl or, or a nine-year-old girl and, and doll her up like that and, you know, traipse her across the stage. It's, why, why do that? Let her be a girl. Most people would agree. This, this is the way that I guess we could, we could sum it up. Most people would agree that nine-year-old girls should not be dressing like grown women. And that a parent who would dress their nine-year-old girl up like a grown woman is doing something at a minimum inappropriate. Almost everyone agrees. And yet we can't agree that you shouldn't dress nine-year-old boys up like grown women? That's how completely crazy this all is. And there is, there is no way to justify it. We are looking at something that is so clearly unjust and wrong. And we're looking at, and you know, it's, it, this is not just some academic point or argument. This is a, a child, more than one child. I mean, he's just, he's just one of a trend who's being abused. And that abuse is being uh, facilitated by, encouraged by, and, 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 and uh, profited off of by his mother, who you saw in that, in that clip before. A clearly disturbed woman. And it's, um, you know, we should, we should not get to a point. Now, the left might want us to accept this as normal. That's the goal, is to get to a point where we're, where we're going to say, oh, you know, eh, just another drag kid. But we cannot ever allow that to happen. We should, our immediate reaction every time we see this should be repulsed, infuriated, wanting justice to be done for these kids. And that, that, that needs to continue to be our reaction. And we'll leave it there today. Thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Walsh Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring, supervising producer Mathis Glover, supervising producer Robert Sterling, technical producer Austin Stevens, Editor, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Barack Obama claims credit for President Trump's booming economy. Bernie Sanders loses his mic to topless vegans at a campaign rally. And Mike Bloomberg intends to win the presidency by telling Americans how stupid they are. Then a Democratic Alabama legislator introduces a bill that would require men to get vasectomies. We will examine why I'm skipping Birmingham on this semester's campus speaking tour. All that and more, check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.